announcement to make. Um, it uh, actually is an announcement that has been uh, brewing and happening, cooking, simmering, uh, and getting hotter and hotter, I guess, over probably probably three years. This is the announcement. Uh, I'm going to read it because I don't want to it anything. I remember Tommy said he read a, he read an announcement one time and, and everything, and somebody came up to him and said, "Well, you said this and you said this." He said, "No, I didn't say that. This is, this is what I said, you know, verbatim." So here we go. After much prayer and discussion over many months, the elders of Franklin Covenant Church have chosen Josh Greenlee as my successor. (laughs) (laughs) He will be fulfilling the roles of pastor of Franklin Covenant Church and lead elder of the team. I will be passing the mantle, handing off the baton to Josh on Sunday, January 10th, 2021. Yes. In the Lord, it is good. Um, Phil is going to take some time and share with us uh, just the kind of the timeline of how these things happened um, in our sessions uh, together as the eldership and uh, just how things progressed along the way and unfolded during the process. Phil, would you come and, and share that with us? And if you have any questions, Phil would be glad to field them. Let me see. <laughs> then Josh is going to share some of his journey and a word with us. So, Phil, we're going on. There you are. Thanks. All right, we, we as a congregation and hopefully every one of you believe that we serve a living God, a living God, not a God of the past or will be. He is a living God and he speaks to us. He speaks to us. He's eager to speak to us. If we'll draw near to him. He draws near to us. And we believe that God has spoken. That's what we believe. We don't believe this is superheated imagination. Okay? We believe this is real. That it is His will. Uh, when John first uh, <clears throat> indicated that he was had a timeline or a plan to retire, whatever that means, uh, And that happened in about June of 2019. And his announcement was he intended to retire in three years, which would be June 2020 or thereabouts, uh, 2022. Um, We, the elders, along with many, if not all of you, began to pray. It was our hope that God would raise someone up from within this body. Because we believe that that is the biblical pattern, uh, the ideal biblical pattern. 
So we focused our prayer on that. But we also discussed other options, other avenues, um, trusting God in the whole situation. His timing is not ours. Thank the Lord for that. Uh, About five months later, in November of 2019, Bobby Crawford began to sense a leading about Josh. And Bobby didn't share that with anyone unless he shared it with Delina, maybe. I'm not sure about that. He's kind of closed mouth about that. But he had this strong sense at least on at least two occasions. And in about February, as I understand it, Bobby shared this with John. Uh, I thought we were a team of elders, but he didn't tell me. They didn't tell. They left me out. Low man on the totem pole, I reckon. Uh, It's all right. Not a problem. Not a problem. Nevertheless, meanwhile, about November, December, God began to deal with me. About Josh. And I felt strongly in my spirit that Josh was someone we would might strongly consider to be the next pastor of Franklin Covenant Church. And during those couple of weeks, uh, one of the brothers here, Richard or Mercy, came to me and said something like this. Have you considered Josh Greenlee? Have you ever heard something like out of the mouth of two or three witnesses or something like that? I don't know. Maybe that's in First Egyptians or somewhere. I don't know. Well, I didn't tell anyone either. I didn't even tell my wife. Uh, But we continued to pray about this situation. Uh, So in March of this year, 2020... We were at an elders meeting and we began to discuss this situation again. And I decided that I would just tell them what I was how I was feeling. So I said, I believe God has shown me that Josh Greenlee will be the next pastor of Franklin Covenant Church. And I promise you, Bobby's mouth dropped open like that. And he and John looked at each other like, did I just hear what I thought I just heard? Uh, Well, (laughs) it was quite a moment. It was quite a moment. So we prayed about it, but we decided that we would not do anything, say anything, make no move of any sort for for one month. So at the end of April, we still felt very strongly about this. So we decided that John would approach Josh, and he did. And they met, and then he and Kathy met with Josh and Becky. Uh, Some other meetings occurred. And Josh began to pray. Josh and Becky began to pray and consult with trusted people in their lives, uh, like Seth and others, 
And Josh can share with you his journey, his personal journey uh, from that moment to this. When this was shared with Pete Beck, whom we look to for apostolic oversight, he added his conviction that this series of of events of men independently believing and hearing that they had a word from the Lord about this, that this was indeed God speaking. And I hope that you all believe that, too. Um, So we believe that this is the will and heart of God for FCC. And to the best of our remembrances, these this is kind of the timeline of how this came about to this moment today. That's all I got. Still got a month and a half, don't you? <laughs> All right. Yes, children dismissed. Dismissed. I don't. I, I'd rather not run. This is fine. Is it? Okay, do I need to lean in? Or, okay. All right. This is not going to be too long, um, and especially just kind of delving into the word afterwards. I wanted it to be short and sweet. But, um,. You know, when John first approached me about that, um, uh, I was like, wow, um, <laughs> are you sure you know who you're asking to do this? Uh, I really wasn't thinking about any of this kind of stuff at all as far as getting into the ministry. Um, I enjoyed being uh, a lay person and doing some ministry work with Becky with uh, marriage ministry type of things, um, being in small groups. But um, I thought that, you know, as a, a cop, I just can continue to move up on the ranks. I've been doing that for about 12 years. And, um, you know, let's get into detective work. And then 55, just start, you know, head into retirement and kind of do my own thing. And uh, the Lord has different plans. And at the end of six years up in Highlands, um I've been trying to look for other forms of work, um, and the Lord just kept shutting every single door. I just I could not even move them. You know, I was just like, "What is going on here?" And um, it was a difficult time for uh, me, and um, it's just it was a hard time in my life. However, looking back on it, it was God's will for me to walk through that hard time, and. I know sometimes that while we're in the midst of whatever trial or whatever thing that's going on, um, we are looking for an out. Our, our flesh certainly does not enjoy it. 
Um, but the Lord, some of his greatest work is done during those times, though, in the pressure, when we don't like it, we don't feel like, what in the world am I doing here? That's when God really starts his work in our life. So, looking back at that time now, I can say that, Lord, thank you for making me have to walk through that time. Thank you that you were faithful to make me stay the course. And here I am right now. I had no idea about this at all, guys. None. In my furthest dreams. However, it's like, I believe that I'm supposed to be here. And I believe I am here to be your guy's pastor. And to learn and to grow along with you. And I'm going to need you. And you guys are going to need me. We're going to need each other's in these days. More and more. It is pressure intense right now. And the heat is going to keep going up. I also believe that there are probably going to be periods where we're going to have some some rest. But I don't know about the you know life continuing on as normal. I don't get that sense in my spirit. I feel like a lot of 2020 in particular is kind of, you know, one of my things that my kids love the most. We love to have the meat and cheese platter, like the little appetizers. That's like their favorite thing to eat in the world. And I feel like this has kind of been like an appetizer to what's going to be coming up next. And the problems and the things that are going on in the world right now, the just the... The uproar that's going on everywhere around us in government, in law enforcement, education, um, this pandemic that's going on, finances, all that. We are almost probably past the point of men being able to solve those problems. We have gone almost beyond, I believe, what humans can do. However, but God, you know, but God we can fall into his hands. He upholds us with his right hand. And no one can take us out of that hand. No one. So, I am just very nervous, and I'm very glad to be here, though. And um, I really believe with the the elders that we have in place, um, there's a real camaraderie that's growing there. Um, we need that unity in leadership, and it'll continue. And with our deacons and new people who are coming here, I get a sense from the Lord that we might have some old people coming in and some brand new people coming in too. And I look forward for that. I feel that in my spirit strongly. And um, I'm not so much a, a numbers guy. Um, I don't suggest you guys go watch this movie, 300. But there was something in the movie that really struck me as the, um, if you guys know your history, it's the Spartans were getting ready to go against Xerxes and the Persians. And um, the king, I think it was Leonidas, wasn't it, Josh? Was it King Leonidas? Thank you. He was bringing his 300. And they met up along the way with another Greek city, I think it was the Arcadians. And they had a much, much larger army than he did. And the king of that army was saying, I thought that you guys would at least match what we got. So during that scene, 
the king starts pointing at different soldiers that was in the Arcadian army. He goes, what is your profession? And one of the guys says, well, I says, I'm a sculptor. And he goes, Arcadian. Says, what is your profession? He goes, I'm a potter. And another guy was like a blacksmith. And then he asked his 300, what is your profession? And all in unison, they said that they're basically they're soldiers. That's all they knew. And big numbers, that's wonderful. But I want, and I want to be able to train mature believers who know who they are, who have a sure foundation in Jesus Christ, and to know what your calling is in the Lord, and that you begin to walk in it. A firm believer in that. Because we do, we need mature believers. And I'm fine with baby believers. We'll bring them up along with us too. That's not to worry. But um, that is part of my vision for this church. That if you're not saved, we can do that today. You can get saved. You can receive salvation. That is the foundation right there. And the foundation's great. There's a lot to that foundation. Baptism, being filled in the Holy Spirit, repentance from dead works. Okay? However, that foundation has got to be built upon. It can't just be a foundation the rest of your life. Yes, I believe that if you just kind of live your life and you just have that foundation, you will make it to heaven. However, in this life, we have an opportunity that we would probably never ever get in eternity. To make that difference, to be in that position wherever the Father places us when we get into his kingdom. So, one of the other things, too, I wanted to bring up, um, it had been rattling around my head, was scripture from the Old Testament and from the New. And it had to do with honoring your mother and your father. And... You know, with John and Kathy, we have a father and a mother in the faith here who for decades have sown and plowed and poured their lives into my life and into your guys' lives. Okay? I have not gotten to where I'm at today just because of how great I am. I'm standing on the shoulders of other people who have worked and toiled sometimes in obscurity, to get where I'm at. Each one of us are that way. We are not where we're at because of the things that we've done so much, but the people who have prayed secretly for us, the ones who have just like time and time again have come alongside and exhorted and encouraged us. Okay? And then the New Testament talks about that too, about honoring your father and your mother. That it might go well with you, and you might have a long life. Okay? And I believe that with, with John and Kathy, too, that we need to honor these two. As they go on their mission, we still got them for a little time. Um, get as much as you can before they take off and stuff. They'll be here from time to time. However, you know, the Lord has a new assignment for them. He does. And that should make you glad. And there's a bittersweetness in that. I know that. I'm going to miss them. You know, I was talking to Rosa the other day about that, and she's like, well, I'm going to miss John. It's like, we're all going to miss John. He is part of us, and we're a part of him and his family. And the legacy that's there is part of us, too. So, if you guys would...
If you get your Bibles, I'm just going to read one verse, well, one portion of scriptures in Second Corinthians. This is in chapter three. Nate, you back there, buddy? All right. Second Corinthians chapter three. Let's start with verse one. Yes, this is an Apple 5S. I'm cheap. I don't care. Still works, Becky. You can't make me get a new one yet. And I'm in trouble later on. That's okay. (laughs) 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1. This is the New King James Version. It's Paul speaking. Do we again begin to commend ourselves? Or do we need, as some others, epistles or commendations to you or letters of commendations from you? You are our epistle written in our hearts, known and read by all men. You are manifestly an epistle of Christ, ministered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of flesh, that is, of the heart. And I'd like to read it in the New American Standard, too. I've, I just wanted to kind of just emphasize this. I think it's that important. Starting in verse 2, New American Standard. You are our letter written on our hearts, known and read by all men, being manifested that you are a letter of Christ, cared for by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, Not on tablets of stone, but on the tablets of human hearts. And Paul, when all the churches that he built and he started um, throughout the, the Roman Empire is the Corinthian church that seemed like it had so many problems, dissensions. Envy, uh, people getting drunk at the Lord's table, rich people being elevated above the poor, all types of some adultery that not even the pagans, according to Paul, were even involved in. Yet when Paul was talking about the Corinthian church, okay, about the Corinthians with all these problems, he loved the Corinthians. And he goes, if you want to know my doctrine and my gospel, go to the Corinthian church. Because there it is. It's written. Those are my letters. Despite all their problems, Paul said those were the letters of his heart that were written on his heart within the Corinthian people. If that doesn't blow your mind thinking about that, I mean, he could have used like the Ephesians the Galatians with their legalism and their issues and those type of things. He picked the Corinthian church. You know, and the Holy Spirit is the one that put it in here. So, and it's a great thing because it gets our eyes off of ourselves. And it gets pointed toward the one, Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. And he started this great work in you guys. Not you. You didn't start it. He started it. He will complete it. 
He will keep going. He is relentless. He will not stop. Thank God. Thank God. We have a belief that's like no other. We have a faith that is like no other. And yes, um, while you're at church and pastoring, while I'm here, um, I will make mistakes. And you can ask my family, my kids. Yes, multitudes. But part of that, me messing up, me getting hurt, you guys getting hurt. Everyone is going to get hurt in this lifetime, guys. Whether it's being silly or just immature or sometimes just sin, we're going to get hurt. And part of the journey is learning to forgive, learning to walk together and get past these things. Only by His Spirit we're going to be able to do these things. Only by His Spirit. There's no other way, because if you think, well, I got hurt in the church. Yeah, every single one of us have at one time or another. Our own family hurts us. You know how many domestic violence cases I've been on in my life? Close to 700. And these people profess to love each other more than anything else in the world. And they hurt each other more than anyone else. But part of the maturing process, part of the Lord and His wisdom, I don't understand it, is that He makes us work these things out together. Because if you think in these days, and you believe in these days that you can go off and do your own thing, and be a lone ranger or a lone rangerette, and be apart from the body, this is not a threat, but this is how I believe, though, and I want you guys to hear my heart. That when you say, well, when the church finally gets its act together and these people finally grow up and stuff, I'll come back. Let me tell you, you won't be able to probably because we have learned by that time to work together and to forgive and to love each other. And you would have missed out on that maturing process. I don't understand why God does it this way. He does it, though. And there's a mystery in that. And we need to be obedient to what he's calling us to do. Whether it's here or some other tribe here in Franklin. Okay? Because there's one church here in Franklin. And it's his church. It's not mine. It'll never be mine. I'm just a steward for a time, just like John was. His time is almost over. And now it's my time to steward. And I need to be faithful in what he's called me to do. So, I am excited about these times. It's a little weird to be talking about that. I think there's so much problems in the world and so much darkness. But I really do believe, like with Abraham, when God brought him out of the tent and he told him, look up at the stars. Just go up and look, Abraham. And he looked. And he's out in the desert. I mean, if you guys have been out in the desert at nighttime, you can see them all. He goes, count them. Look at them. I bet you can't. Because I believe in those darkest moments, it's not only just the amount of people who will be coming in in the harvest, okay, but also at the darkest times, the most sin that's going on, those stars, us, are going to be able to shine the brightest during that time. It's going to be because of that. 
And I want to be a part of that. I don't want my life just to kind of just do some of the things I want to do and some of the things that God wants to do. I want to be about the Father's business. And it's going to be tough. But I know that He is faithful and He is good. He is. And He'll never change. But we will. We're going to become more and more like Him. So strengthen yourselves in this hope. It's a living hope. It's not a dead hope. It's alive. He is alive. Therefore, we are alive. So, um, I just get a sense from the Lord that maybe we can, uh, John, if you don't mind, just come up and maybe play a little bit. If we could have some of the elders or people who are in ministry, if you guys want to come up here, if you guys want to just pray. Consider these things, the words that you guys have heard this morning. Consider them. You know, don't be too hasty. But just let these words hopefully go down deep into your hearts. Trust in the Lord. And if you guys need prayer, come get some prayer. If you guys want to fellowship quietly over here on the left-hand side, go ahead and do that. We'll get the kids in a little bit. Bob, do you think it's better to get them right now or... Flip a coin. Sounds good. So, amen. So, as John would say, love one another deeply from the heart. Not with just with words, but with deeds too. These are great days we live in. These are exciting times. Hold fast to Him and to each other. Don't let go. Amen.